All right, I'm here with Ed Fang, and Ed, I've got to say, you get my vote for the most dedicated attendee at Bet Bash after some pretty big flight delays. Welcome back to Props and Hops, and I'm so glad you could make it to the event at the end of the day, and, and really happy that you're making time for this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I'd love to kick it off by just digging into your journey to Bet Bash. I know I experienced some issues myself flying into Newark for the first time. I'd heard the stories, and I certainly got the experience I could have expected. Um, but just how wild was it for you, you know, just getting to Bet Bash in the first place? Well, I scheduled it. I scheduled a flight to come in the day of the event, which always doesn't really leave you a ton of wiggle room. I decided to do that just because I had been in Vegas the week before, and I kind of wanted to minimize the travel and just just be there one night. So my flight was supposed to take off around noon. Plenty of time to get in, have dinner with people, go to the event, so on and so forth. But then the flight gets delayed and, and you know, you're sitting there for a couple hours in the airport. And at first they decide, oh, your flight's taking off at four. All right, fine. No big deal. And then they change it and they're like, oh, we're going to take off at three. It's like, great, even better. And then, of course, 15 minutes later, they're like, well, we're going to take off at 815. Which obviously puts the entirety of the, the formal part of the event in jeopardy. Right. So, I mean, I waffled for a couple hours, called my wife figuring, ah, should I go waffled back and forth? Finally decided to go probably knowing that, well, people were definitely still going to be there by the time I got there at 11 PM. Um, so it ended up being, yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely worth it, you know? And even after I made it to the Ashford, there was the, there was the trickery of actually getting upstairs because it was right as the event was ending and the people there wanted us, wanted everyone to come downstairs. I was like, no, 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 no. All my friends are upstairs. So I actually had to beg the hostess to just take me upstairs. And, and luckily she did. And then I had to get by the bouncer and uh, I, I actually, I didn't, yeah, I wasn't messing with him. So he eventually found Spanky. Spanky got me in and uh, yeah, it was, it was great. And it was nice meeting you in person as well. Yeah, likewise. That was definitely one of my highlights. And I'd love to hear. I'm so glad, again, that you ended up following through and making it out there. What were some of your highlights and takeaways from the Bet Bash experience? I mean, just seeing people that I know, meeting new people. Um, you know, I mean, connections are so important in any industry and sports betting is, is not any different. So uh, just saying hi to people. I didn't think Rufus Peabody was going to be there, but he was. And so that was that was kind of like the biggest surprise. I just figured that if, if he were going to be there, I would have heard about it on Twitter and, and, and seen some of that. But um, so, yeah, we go way back and, and that was really nice. And then and meeting a bunch of new people. Obviously, I wish I would have had more time there. I definitely uh, came back on the flight thinking, ah, I forgot to forgot to check in with that person. He, mu- he, he must have left. Um, so but yeah, a great event and exciting announcement that, you know, it's going to be in Vegas next time and in, in, in late March, April. So, uh, yeah, I think Spanky's put together a great thing and it's a great service for for all of us. And I highly recommend people check it out. Yeah, yeah, likewise. I had a great time and as many highlights as there were, I will say one of my lowlights, fortunately on the more humorous side, um, for context here, I can't remember the last time I took a shot. I think it has literally (laughs) been years. And there was a time right as the event was closing upstairs on the rooftop that uh, the play up team, I have some friends there, they're an operator launching soon in New Jersey. Right, so right, they, yep. they had a really productive time at Bet Bash. Uh, they, they bought did. a round of shots and I was also working on a beer at the time. So as we're toasting oh, right. the shots, I feel a tap on the shoulder and I turn around, I see you in person for the first time in my life. And I couldn't even shake your hand because I was double fisting and that is not my MO. Uh, I'm just so glad it didn't derail our conversation right then and there. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. And I was like, hey, you're having a good time. Awesome, man. Don't let me 
don't don't let me bother you but yeah that was uh, yeah. that was i probably could have used the uh, that version from from the shot so, uh, i i put that on the back burner and and the beer was uh i think it was the light lager by yingling just trying to go the route that could oh God, get yeah. you some beers over the course of the night but uh not put you in jeopardy of lasting the duration of the event yeah i had a yingling for the first time in about 10 years because i just got up there and i was like quick scan through the through the beers and uh the ipa was out so it's like i'll try yingling it's been a while (laughs) yeah but i think i think uh matt that that buying a round of shots is uh it's it's just something that happens uh because i i I mean probably a decade ago i was hanging out with uh some of the people that i met there and some others in the sports betting world for the first time and it must have been like 230 and i bought a round of tequila for everyone and there's some people in that group that still remember that so it's something that has to happen. So, uh, you know, you should forgive whoever ended up buying that, buying that round of shots. Uh, it just, it, it just has to happen at these events. Yeah, no, fortunately it was a good time. And as far as I'm aware, nobody woke up in a gutter and we all made it home safe. So we'll chalk that up as a win. And you touched on it briefly when you're talking about getting to bet bash and the importance of following through and getting out there, the value of networking. And I gather that you have a really strong network. I'd love it if you could speak to uh, just the powerful impact that networking has had in your own career and maybe one or two networking tips you'd have for betters looking to grow a presence for themselves in the space. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's that douchey statement that your 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 worth is the worth of your network or something along that those lines, and that's not entirely true, but it's basically true. You should go, you should meet everybody, and I, it's not hard. Just go to these events. I mean, I, I've gone to every Sloan. Well, I didn't go to the virtual one, but I've gone to every Sloan for twelve years, I think. And if you go, you show up. Uh, you know, don't be an ass, and 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 like uh, you'll develop a network. So, uh, yeah, I just, and it's tough with the pandemic cause it makes these in-person events harder, but there, there's nothing like meeting someone in person. Uh, it's not the same as talking to them over online. So yeah, just go in person. I mean, there's plenty of events these days. I, I, I'm sure Sloan will be in person. There's, uh, obviously bet bash will happen again. There's, um, I don't know. John Sheeran just DM me about he's going to be at some event in Vegas or something. And I don't, I didn't even hear of it, Hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of events happening right now. Hopefully, uh, you know, this fourth wave will let more things happen and not let them get canceled. But I I strongly believe in meeting people in person and yeah, just get yourself out there. Yeah. I think it can be intimidating to a lot of people, but one of my takeaways from bet bash was that, uh, you know, Spanky had kind of advertised that, hey, if you go up and approach people, they'll be friendly. Like this is this is not yeah. going to be too too much of a standoffish crowd. And uh, I found that to be quite true. So that yep. was really reassuring uh, for myself getting out there at an event like this for the first time. And you mentioned Sloan. I've heard a lot of people talk about that as probably the event with the best reputation for networking in this industry. And at the same time, I've heard a lot of people say that you know, I don't doubt that the panels are great. And if you actually pay to go to the conference, you're going to get your values worth. But at the same time, I've heard enough to think next time Sloan happens in person, I should probably just go out there and, and whether or not I have a ticket to the actual conference, just being on the periphery. I know there's a lot of like dinners and drinking outings. And, you know, when panels are happening, if I'm able to, you know, do other things with a network, because not everybody goes to every panel, there's a way to make it work where if you don't have the budget, I know Sloan can be what, like hundreds of dollars um, to get in the door, there's a way to do it where if you can just get yourself to the, you know, Boston, Cambridge area, even if you're not going to the conference officially, you can probably still get almost the entire value of that experience. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many betters that don't, don't go to the Sloan Conference. I, I, I mean, I can count the number of panels I've been to in the last eight years on one hand. I, I, I basically go and roam the halls and, and see who's around. And uh, that's worked out pretty well. I don't, I don't even know how long I was in the conference last year. I, I think I gave my badge to someone else for, for the vast majority of it. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. I, uh, you know, it's interesting to me to think. Like, I've been to every Sloan and but maybe that's not the event anymore i don't know i mean i i'm plus minus on whether i'm gonna go again in march given that there's another bet bash in april and that i've been meaning to go to the combine for a while or i can just use that time in february and early march to actually work on my march madness stuff as well so um yeah no it is a great event it's been great to me uh but you know just just pay attention the winds might be shifting and and there might be other things that are better yeah, well, on the topic of networking and, and also something that I think is valuable for betters to expand their information base, I'd like to transition into gambling Twitter for a brief moment. Um, not not the toxic side that everybody's experienced to some degree or another, but I think there's a lot of good that you can extract from it if you are mindful about your approach. And to that end, I'm wondering if you might be able to share one or two gambling Twitter follow recommendations. Ideally, these might be people that you could have little to no relationship with. Maybe it's uh, an account or two where you find value and, and maybe deserves more attention. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone here kind of follows all the, you know, the top, top gambling Twitter people. Um, you know, Spanky obviously runs this event and you should follow him. He's not going to, he's not going to give you any insight on, on who to bet in football, but he, you know, he's done a lot of stuff. Anyways, I, I thought about this question. And I was like, I'm going to give you guys a really random one that you probably don't follow right now. And I'm going to give you a reason to fo- a very specific reason to follow him. So Matthew Friedman is used to be at the action network and he just went over to FTN, but Matthew's a pretty sharp dude and he gets obsessed with betting the NFL draft. And he kind of dragged me into that a little bit as well last year. So, so give Matthew Friedman a follow, especially getting into the next draft. The draft, I, I really enjoy betting the draft because it's very easy compared to NFL sides. Uh, just pay attention, bet early, uh, use use some wisdom of crowd models. Um, something that I'll probably be writing up as we as we head into next off season. But but th- but that's one that I think uh, that is someone that you probably don't follow, but you definitely should. Um, and oh, and he, you know, he, he, he comes from the fantasy world too. So, uh, probably a lot of insights in terms of betting props, uh, during football season as well. Awesome. Yeah. I love that angle. Thank you for, uh, that more unique approach to maybe a diamond in the rough, so to speak. And, and in a similar vein, touching on sports betting podcasts, maybe the same question. I know a lot of the more popular ones are well known. Have there been any that you've come across? Um, I don't know the last six months here, whatever that come to mind where, okay, this isn't the same podcast that everybody's talking about, but it's surprisingly valuable when you listen to it. Yeah. I mean, I obviously hope that everyone would listen to the football analytics show. Uh, that's my podcast. Uh, I, I do have a, a bunch of betters and uh, I'm, I'm planning on having some bookmakers on this fall. So check that out. But probably the newest one that you should know about is circles off. It's one done by Rob Pizzola and Johnny uh they're they're Canadians they they run bet stamp rob is a well known veteran i mean rob is probably someone you follow on twitter already and uh they've done a really good job interviewing pro betters they interviewed someone named abnormally distributed mm-hmm. and it was one of the best betting interviews i've ever listened to i've never heard someone be so open about exactly how much money they bet and 
uh, story and he's a quantitative guy. Um, so I've recommended that to other people in the betting world. And I was just talking to one of my friends this past couple days in Newark and he's like, yeah, someone else also told me that that was the best betting interview. Actually, he said multiple other people have told him that that's one of the best, no, actually maybe the best betting interview that that's out there. So yeah, check out circles off. Rob and Johnny do a great job. And, and the episode with a normally distributed is, is particularly good. Yeah, I agree. That one really opened my eyes. Um, but I, I don't want to forget, you mentioned the football analytics show, and, and we'll certainly uh, circle back to that at the end of this conversation. But something to uh, apply from the football analytics show right now would be an NFL angle you mentioned recently, and that would be fading Ryan Tannehill in a certain area this season. Um, I don't want to repeat it too much. People can go and, and listen to your breakdown for that. Basically, quick summary that um, you have a stat, bad ball rate. It makes a ton of sense when I hear you talk about it, but I really hadn't heard it from anybody else. So I, I guess I'm curious about what sparked your idea to dive into a number like that in the first place. Yeah, so there's a lot of other people in the analytics world that had looked at this notion of passes defended. So in the NFL play-by-play, you can look at when a defender gets a hand on the ball. That might be at the line of scrimmage with a lineman. It might be in the secondary with a uh, you know with a cornerback. It also could be a play in which the defender jars the ball loose with a hit. Um, and so passes defended, people looked at this. Bill Connolly did. Aaron Schatz at Football Outsiders has as well. And I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. And the only thing I did was say that, you know, well, let's not just look at passes defended. Let's not just look at interceptions. Let's let's combine them because they are all situations in which the quarterback puts the ball in a dangerous position. And there is some skill and predictability in bad ball rate. So when you when you look at a quarterback's bad ball rate, that's about as predictive as anything we can get with quarterback statistics. And so so the idea is, you know, quarterbacks do have some control over the rate at which they put balls in bad positions. Uh, they have almost zero controls of how many balls in dangerous positions end up as picks. So a quarterback can get lucky um, by, uh, I mean, I mean, just look at Ryan Tannehill. He's had an above average bad ball rate over the last two seasons in Tennessee, but he's at a really amazing interception rate, uh, well below NFL average. And the analysis just suggests that that's not going to continue. So, you know, he might still be good, but uh, he's not going to get a, he'll probably regress in the turnover department similar to what Carson Wentz went through last year. And um, that's one of the reasons I'm not very high on Tennessee. Yeah. And a quick follow-up to that. Is there anything else in the AFC South? It could be a Tennessee under or a no on Tennessee making the playoffs. It could be a different team to win that division. Have you used this angle to get down on anything yet? Or is there anything that you're kind of in wait and see mode to see where you might want to get down with this angle being part of that wager? Yeah, I mean, I, I I like Tennessee under nine wins. Um, you know, I actually get plus money on that uh, when I bet it. I think it was only like two days ago that I bet that. So yeah, I mean, I I definitely like that. I like that more than not to make the playoffs just because that w- division is is pretty is pretty weak. Um, Tennessee is also a dumpster fire in the secondary as well, and uh, that also you know they were pretty bad on defense last year. Uh, we're able to deal with it because of the offense. But Arthur Smith is gone as head coach to Atlanta. And um, yeah, I like the under for Tennessee win total. 
Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That rationale makes sense. One more NFL question while I've got you here uh, a little bit uh, higher level, but that would be the notion of contests. This seems to be the time of the year where it's reaching a fever pitch with people entering, whether it's the super contest, Circa Millions, Circa Survivor. And you mentioned having also been in Vegas recently. And uh, one of the more interesting insights I took away from any of my conversations at Bet Bash was why you intentionally are not entering these contests. And right. I think the rationale for you passing has a pretty strong parallel to your point of view when it comes to March Madness pools. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, don't get in these big pools, right? I mean, luck tends to take over when you're picking one winner out of a thousand in these big contests. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, it's very similar to my advice for March Madness. It's just too big. Um, I think if you are going to enter one, I think there's, you know, isn't there one with a higher buy-in? Um, I think when you have a uh, contest with a higher buy-in, there's going to be fewer people in there. Uh, there's some people that have taken my March Madness advice, and that's been their approach. They just get into pools that have higher buy-ins, which naturally reduces the number of people in it. And, and they've done pretty well with that. So, yeah, I mean, that's my general uh, advice about that. And, um, um, yeah, you know, I mean, you can you can crush an NFL season at 55% against the spread and you know what finished 300th 400th in a competition like that so um and obviously 55 percent betting on that would would be very very good so yeah no i would i would stay out of those pools i mean i was in vegas last week and i did not did not enter either any of those pools yeah makes sense that served me so well in march madness over the years finding a sweet spot for the size of a pool so i like that perspective on some of these contests as well especially as this is such a popular time of year for people to enter. If people are going to have fun with it and have the right expectations, that's totally fine. But I think it's important to also keep your perspective in mind there. And I guess one more piece of advice moving on from contests could be um, about anything, you know, well beyond just the NFL. But I, I love to ask is somebody like you, if you have any advice for, let's say, aspirational sharps. I think Jack, Captain Jack Andrews should get the copyright for that term. But people who are like... Um, making the work to be above average betters, hopefully listening to conversations like this to become smarter about it, having multiple accounts, doing some line shopping. And at the same time, they're not on the cusp of going pro as a better. So there's a, a pretty interesting cross section there. Um, what would you say people in that position uh, could probably be better served to work into their process as betters? I mean, I think one piece of advice I would give is that, you know, you don't have to be a pro at every sport. So, there, you know, I've had a couple conversations in in uh, at Bed Bash about this, but like, yeah, you don't you don't have to be great at every sport. If you're great at one sport, that that's more than than fantastic. So, I would say like, don't spread your effort over over everything. Um, just just focus on one thing where you know you 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 think you have an edge. You can find an edge uh, either through your study or through some models or analytics and stuff. And that certainly doesn't mean that you can't bet other things, but. Um, I think the conversations that I had were more like, oh, well, you know, X famous better. Like he's really the best at this one sport. Right. And, and that that's pretty good. And, um, you know, for me, like I, I feel most comfortable. This might sound a little crazy, but like I feel most comfortable right now betting NFL sides. And that's partially because of the performance of my model over the last couple of years. It's partially because I feel pretty comfortable knowing the personnel on these teams over, you know, however many years of, of, of studying these things. And that's partially because that's the work I put in, in the off season, looking at quarterback statistics and, and other things like that. So I think, I think it's important to, you know, if, 
you know, if you're aspiring, I, I would, I would try to pick one sport and, and, and go all in on that. Yeah. And I think that kind of brings things full circle with networking that we started off talking about, because if you can do really well in one area and link up with somebody who's really good in a different area, it can be a very mutually beneficial relationship. I know a lot of guys at Bet Bash were, you know, looking to do that exact kind of thing. So if you can find an area to really excel, even if it's not a sport overall, I mean, I'm, I'm hosting a show right now with uh, the Sportsbook Bet US focused on the NFL. One of the expert analysts is Scott Kellen, who's a total specialist. So just finding things like that are different derivative markets. There's yeah. so much out there. But uh, if you try to tackle it all, yeah, you run the risk of maybe not getting that great at any of them. So right. I think picking your spots and then connecting with other people who excel in other areas can really make for a virtuous cycle. Well, and, and I think, too, that, you know, I'm not saying don't bet other things. I mean, you know, have fun and, and bet other things. But I think some of the hard work comes in, you know, working on your NFL model in May when not a lot of action is going on. Um, that's that's kind of my life. And, and uh, that's kind of the things you have to go through to be particularly good at one sport. Yeah, makes sense. Well, I'd like to weave in the other pillar of this podcast before we go ahead and wrap things up. Of course, that would be the hops. And I know that when we were in Jersey City, we had a bit of an exchange. I think the best beer selection I came across while we were in town for Bet Bash was a place called Worst Bar, uh, W-U-R-S-T-B-A-R. And they also had some great food to pair with some really good beers. Uh, it was a near miss for you on getting out there. But what would you say was the best beer experience that you had while you were in Jersey City? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have a good beer experience. Uh, <laughs> I got in, and uh, I think I had two Yinglings, which, given my taste in IPAs, kind of tasted like water. But it was 11 p.m. and I had just gotten there, and it, it, it was convenient. So, um, yeah, we we were actually texting about Worst Bar, and, and you had said you had gone there, and I was picking between that and the Archer, which was a different place. And I decided to go to the Archer um, for the old fashioned. It, it actually wasn't that great. Um, the duck burger was delicious, so so that was kind of nice. But probably should have gone to Worst Bar, gotten um, some nice other half that you were mentioning, Double Dry Hop, uh, Citra. So that would have been good. But no, unfortunately, the beer experience wasn't ideal uh, for Beck Pash number one. So I'm trying to make it a little better uh, for the next time. But it, it was interesting because, you know, during Bet Bash, I introduced you to my friend Mike Craig. Yeah. And we're telling him about your podcast, and he's like, yeah. That's the two things I know, sports betting and beer. But I don't want to talk about sports. And then he just he just asked you about beer for like the next 30 minutes. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, no, I'd love to have Mike on the show. I mean, he he name dropped Fremont Brewing, which is in the Pacific Northwest. And I know they have a famous right. stout called Rusty Nail. And I, he just lit up like that was one of his favorite beers in the world. So yeah. I, I might have just gotten lucky right off the bat naming a beer that uh maybe gave me a lot of credibility in his eyes so yeah thank you for facilitating that connection yeah, there absolutely. were so many great connections to be made at that bash and uh yeah can't wait to do it all over again at the second one and i will try to uh make sure to pack some good beers that i can travel to vegas with right. so that whatever the official selection of beer is uh, i can make sure to to bring something that some of the, the real beer aficionados can enjoy uh outside of some of the more formal events well, I mean, I think in Vegas, um, I don't know. I like the cocktails there so much that I'm probably not going to be in search of, of beer bars, but it would be, you know, it'd be kind of cool for everyone or not everyone. Actually, no, definitely not everyone. But people who are in beer to like kind of bring some that we can all kind of that we could all share. And um, yeah, because that, you know, one of one of the one of my best beer experiences was at uh, Dark Lord Day at uh, at uh, at Three Floyds and they just had a tent where people were sharing beer 
they they brought beer from everywhere. This was years ago, and it was the first time someone was stood stood next to me. He was like, "Hey, would you like some toppling Goliath?" I was like, "Sure," and that ends up being still is one of my favorite beers. Um, so, anyways, Mike was impressed because like I think. Like, I'm not up on a lot of the new breweries. Like, I haven't lived on the West Coast in a while, so I definitely don't know what else is going on out there. But I think beer has changed a lot over the last three, four years. There's so many new, at least around here, there's so many new breweries coming around. Um, You know, the standards for IPA are completely different than they were four years ago. So you really got to stay on top of it. And uh, from that, listening to you talk to Mike, it was clear that, that you stay on top of it. Yeah, it's it's too much fun not to. It was such a joy to connect with him, and I'm definitely going to look to have him on the show. Uh, it was lucky to exchange numbers with him, so something to look out for. Uh, hopefully not the too distant future. We'll see about that. Um, but yeah, a lot of good connections at Bet Bash, and you just gave me the idea. I probably should have thought of it sooner, uh, maybe trying to organize some sort of beer share for Bet Bash too. I know Spanky mentioned he's a stout guy, so I brought him a bottle of mm-hmm. Fundamental Observation, which might be like the stout of record, so to speak, mm. from California. It's by a brewery called Bottle Logic in Anaheim. Right. And uh, it's just a, a big vanilla stout that kind of, I think, might have put them you know, on the map or at least taking them to the next level in craft beer circles years ago. Um, right. So I'll be curious to get Spanky's thoughts on that. And if he likes it enough, then, yeah, maybe he'll make this uh, a sanctioned part of Bet Bash too. And if not, then <laughs> we can always make it work on our own time. Yeah, for sure. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, Ed, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to do this. I want to make sure to go ahead and plug your work on Twitter at The Power Rank, a couple of podcasts, The Football Analytics Show, as well as covering the spread. People can also check out your work on thepowerrank.com. Am I missing anything? Is there anything you'd like to add there? Yeah. Well, on The Football Analytics Show, I've been doing a preview series. So it's 10 episodes of about 10 minutes each and just Things, both analytics and betting, to get you ready for the season. So today, just released um, my my episode on three overrated college football teams. I think there's some interesting stuff and insights in there. I've been working with Edward Egros uh, on the series, and he had a great episode on Heisman betting that you should listen to if you're if you're going to bet the Heisman. Um, so yeah, so check out the the preview series on on the Football Analytics Show, and then also I've been working a lot on my email newsletter. Uh, it's changed a lot since, uh, since last football season and, uh, trying to give you just short, concise, valuable, but entertaining content. Um, and uh, yeah, check that out at thepowerrank.com. Let me know if you think my jokes are funny. Yeah, I highly recommend it. You had, a, I remember a good James Harden joke, uh, during the <laughs> NBA postseason. I could see the shift in tone. We're like, this is still really good info, but yeah, it's more concise and it's more entertaining. So I would highly recommend anybody listening to this. If you've gotten anything out of the conversation with Ed here, then you're going to want to go ahead and sign up for that newsletter. A lot of good stuff just sprinkled in throughout the course of the NFL season to come. It's college football and, and NFL this time of year. Um, so, I mean, I might be betting some international soccer next next week, but like, yeah, it's, it's all football this time of year. So yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. Well, Ed, once again, thank you for your time. It was so great to connect in person at Bet Bash, and I'm already looking forward to doing it all over again at Bet Bash 2 in Vegas. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Bye.